You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got another breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And this is a big one. So let's go right over to that home daycare center where we can find the one, the only Ryan Callahan, and he can tell us why we are having a big, big, big breaking news edition of this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Ryan, the floor is yours. Yeah, Tennessee has made another addition to its 2023 recruiting class. And as you said, it's a big one. Four-star edge rusher Caleb Herring from Riverdale High School in Murfreesboro uh, committing to the Vols. Tennessee beating out 30-plus teams for the the state's number one player in the 2023 class. This is one that not a lot of people thought was likely to leave the state. Um, Tennessee obviously already has his brother, Uh, freshman linebacker Elijah Herring on campus that certainly has worked in Tennessee's favor I think in his recruitment to say the least Uh, but no question Tennessee has done a good job with with Caleb Herring making him a big priority he's a what's not to like about him he's a six foot five 210 pound or so edge rusher uh, with just a ton of uh, upside and and potential Uh, I think this is a guy that in, in some ways his worth is not really fully known on a national level uh, the the way it might have been if he if he'd been used differently uh, a little bit in his high school career he's kind of played as uh, a, a, an outside linebacker who who drops into coverage as much as he rushes the passer in some situations uh, just because of the the defense's school runs at Riverdale and and just sort of how the the athletes they have all over the field his brother was sort of more of an edge rusher uh, than he was this past uh, this past fall and so now he. He, he's made a name for himself uh, largely just based on potential because he's not had, you know, a 20 sack or 15 sack season to, to, to sell, but you see just tons of upside for him as an edge rusher uh, with that, that kind of length, obviously hard to find. And you just don't find many edge rushers like this in state. So it was a no brainer for Tennessee to go all out for him and to get him this early in the year. Uh, I think you've got to give Tennessee a lot of credit for, for getting that done and uh, landing uh, a, Frankly, one of its highest ranked in-state pickups in, in years. You know, we'll see where he finishes up. But this, this uh, I think, will go down as Tennessee's highest ranked in-state pickup as of right now since Trey Smith way back in the 2017 class. Yeah, th- there is a lot to like about this young man, and there's a lot to be excited about and a lot that we'll discuss in this podcast. And you already got some of the particulars out of the way. I'll just restate them. Caleb Herring is a six-foot-five-and-a-half uh, about 210-pound uh, edge rusher from Riverdale High School with, with there in Murfreesboro. Always lots of talent there at that school. Obviously, his brother, Elijah Herring, already at Tennessee and a kid who had a, you know, really impressed him a little bit in spring camp, did some things, physically looks the part already. Uh, lots and lots of interesting things there. And what's interesting about that is, you know, with Elijah Herring, you saw that body and you thought, like, man, he, he, he needs to obviously, you know, it's going to get better as he gets older, but this is already kind of an SEC-looking body. And with his brother, you're doing a lot more projection, I think, in some ways, because he's not, 
I mean, he, he he's very athletic and he's not a small kid. Um, but you just think about, you know, 210 pounds as an edge rusher. Obviously, he's got to get a little bit bigger, but he's got the frame, six foot five and a half to do it, those broad shoulders, long arms, uh, and he has a lot of athleticism. So you're doing some projection here, Ryan, but, and everyone is. That's part of the recruiting game. But trying to see, you know, when you envision what this puzzle could look like at the end of it for him, and this could be a hell of a football player. No, no question. And, and you're right. It, it is a little more of a projection, but the reason you see the rankings where they are is because most of the time our, our analysts will, will bet on the potential. Uh, and it's, it doesn't take much watching Caleb Herring. Uh, and I think on the seven on seven circuit is where he's impressed people as much as anything, because he, you don't see many edge rushers thriving in seven on seven, but he, he plays, he plays linebacker out there and he drops in coverage and he, he gets his hands on passes and he forces guys to throw over him in the middle of the field. And it he, he's a problem out there a lot of times. So I think he playing at that in that type of role has has helped him as an all-around player and athlete. Uh, but you're right. He, he obviously is going to need to put on 15, 20 pounds to, to even have a chance to to be, uh, a, you know, anything close to an every down player in the SEC. I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. His frame clearly has uh, the, the potential to grow, but uh, that, that is where you are projecting a little bit more. And again, you're projecting a little bit too, because he just hasn't gotten to be an every down edge rusher uh, in, at the high school level. He's, he's played outside linebacker, but it's, it's been more of a, a, uh, a true linebacker position in some ways where he's some plays he's dropping back into a zone. Some, some plays he's rushing. It's, it's sort of a, you know, maybe a half and half or 60, 40 kind of mix. So he's not, not gotten to just pin his ears back and learn how, you know, how to work on that first step and all of those things. So uh, you see the endless potential, but, but there, there is another step for him to take and potentially multiple steps for him to take to reach his potential and, and be the, the, the top 50 guy that our, our analysts currently think he is nationally. So it, it's going to be fascinating to see how he develops, but another great kid. You've already heard uh, a lot about Elijah Herring and, and sort of the, the leader that he came in being at, at Tennessee and, and just the, 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 the workmanlike approach to, to everything he's done in his first month at Tennessee. I think you're going to, you're going to hear a lot of the same things about Caleb Herring, just a, a really polite, great fit in, in any program uh, no, covered him for a few years now. And, and this is going to be uh, a, a, a really likable kid that I think will do a lot of the right things on and off the field. And Oh yeah, by the way, on top of that, he's six, five and a half two ten. And, and can run like a deer. I, he was at one of Tennessee's camps last summer and, and ran somewhere in the, I want to say the high four, six range. I mean, just terrific speed for a, for a high school junior uh, at that time, going into his junior year to, to run that kind of speed, high four, six, low four, seven. I forget exactly what it was, but it was a very impressive time. And one of the fastest times there at, at a pretty good camp. So, so a lot of athleticism and again, just a lot of potential. And, and that's maybe the exciting thing is that you haven't even seen his best football. It's clearly ahead of him. Yeah. I was going to ask you about it in the second segment, Ryan, but I'm glad that you brought it up now. Cause we can go ahead and we can go ahead and discuss it now. Just because uh, one brother is one way doesn't mean that the other brother is, you know, the same exact way. Like for instance, my, my, my brother and I have a whole lot in common, um, but other people, you know, you can have a lot of different personality within the same group of siblings, you know. And, and I just wonder because you know, obviously, his older brother much better than I do. I've, I've interviewed the kid a couple times. His older brother has always come across as someone who seems a little bit older than he is, like a little, like kind of like Christian Charles, 
uh, Tennessee's, uh, you know, young defensive back, just kind of how he presents himself and how he, he talks about the game and himself and about life and some other just, – Justin Williams Thomas is the same way. Is Caleb – is he as impressive in that way? Because he just seems like the, these these kids – I think about being that age and what an imbecile I was. And I'm just wondering if Caleb's as sharp as his brother in that way. Uh, I, I'll say this. I think I think they're different. They're definitely different in that way. I think Elijah – I'm not surprised that Elijah Herring has, has so quickly, uh, you know, shown the potential to be a leader, you know, even if he's not – not yet maybe a leader among his position group. I think he's, he's clearly showing signs of becoming that very quickly and, and will be probably by his second year in the program. And, and in some ways is, is a leader by example already. Uh, and, but he, he is, he has much more of the, uh, uh, the, again, workmanlike mentality, just sort of the, the grinding, grinding it out approach that every day he's doing something to make himself better. I think that's the one. I think that's maybe one area where where Caleb still has has some room to grow. Is that um, he's maybe not lived and breathed it yet, like like Elijah is at Tennessee right now. But I think once you get him on a college campus, that's clearly going to change. And, and his senior year, that might change too. I, I think he's he's clearly got the potential to do that. I think where they're a little bit different, uh, more more specifically, is Caleb maybe not as outspoken as Elijah. I think he's a more soft spoken kid. They're both just very polite, always smiling. Like they're going to be both easy to get along with uh, in Tennessee's locker room. They're, they're not going to be a problem in that way at all. I don't think, uh, but Caleb in particular, uh, not, not a guy who's as, at least not right now, not the outspoken type who's likely to be a leader. Um, and, and just so polite. I, I've heard multiple stories about him dealing with college coaches and things like that in, in ways that you're like, there's just not much of an ego to him, even for a top 50 player nationally. I, I just don't think he thinks of it that way. You know, I think he's just trying to trying to do what's best for him and not worried about, uh, you know, people stroking his ego in, in a lot of ways that some recruits do, uh, are. So he's just a, a humble kid. Another thing to like about him, he's young for his grade. Um, some kids to be six, five, six, five and a half already. You see a lot of prospects that are sort of among the older kids in their class and that's why they're so physically de- uh, developed already. In Caleb Herring's case, he, he's going to be pretty young when he graduates with his class, so he might not be finished growing. Uh, that, that's pretty exciting if you're Tennessee to know that a kid like this is already 6'5 and a half, 210. That's probably one reason he's not as, as you know, physically developed in, in terms of muscles, uh, muscle and just overall size, but he, he could be 6'6", six, 6'6 six, six, six and a half. You know, maybe he's not done growing, and then then you put some weight on him. I mean, you're talking about a guy who easily could be in the 240 to 250 range without any problems. It's just, it's going to take a little bit of time probably. So uh, a lot to like about him just on and off the field, but yeah, the, uh, in a lot of ways you are projecting because you, you, you see that potential in him, but he's, he's got to do it. He's got to do the work. He's got to continue to get better as an edge rusher because he hasn't gotten to do it full time. Um, but there's a lot of exciting potential there that, it makes this, uh, you know, again, one of the more exciting pickups Tennessee's had in the state of Tennessee in the past several years. Yeah, the, the, over the years, there have been a lot of really good football players at Tennessee that, that we've all covered who who have had personalities that sound a little bit like Caleb Herring's that you described. Byron Young would be one that I would add to that list recently, just a guy who is a little bit more soft-spoken, you know, kind of plays, you know, sort of leads by example, 
goes about his business, doesn't feel the need to speak up a ton. He's trying to develop in that way. But you don't have to be the loudest guy in the room to uh, to be a good football player and, and obviously to be a good leader in some ways too. So lots and lots to like there. we got more to discuss about this. Uh, we, we, we're going to talk about this every time Tennessee gets an in-state kid, but we're going to talk about what it means to, to keep building pipelines and to keep building a roster from within the state, not primarily necessarily, but the foundation of it anyway, being from the state, talk about what this means uh, for Tennessee, you know, in terms of edge rushers, and, and, and they've already got some in this class, and just sort of where are they going from there. Lots and lots to discuss, but before we do that, we got to step away for just a second, uh, pay some bills, listen uh, to some some products and services and, and other things, in-house ads, and we will be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad money! eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard from a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from his home daycare center there across town. We're talking about the newest edition of Tennessee's football recruiting class, 2023 class, a big one. Caleb Herrig, six foot five and a half, 210 pound, uh, four star, top 50 overall edge rusher from Riverdale High School there in Murfreesboro, just near Nashville. Lots and lots of talent in that area, lots of talent at that school. Uh, lots of talent in this young man's family, some of it already at Tennessee, and, and he is uh, rated even higher as a prospect. This is a, a big, big day for Tennessee. Lots and lots to celebrate, and we're going to get more into it again in just a second. But before we do that, guys, just a, a quick PSA. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, please take a minute or so out of your day right now. Please go in and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. If you're just listening on the website, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. We love you. It's, it's good. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. But what helps us out more than anything is if you go on there and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, uh, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod, you can find this very Go Balls 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we are happy to do it. There, It's no problem at all for us. We, we love doing this. We love reaching out to y'all. The only set of things that we ask for 
Please tell your friends. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and we can keep growing this thing as we've done since we started it years and years ago. If you're already doing that, thank you. We love you. Keep doing it. Uh, if you're not doing it, go yourself. That's the that's the motto, and I know some people don't like it, but uh, frankly, none of my bosses have told me to stop, so until they do so, that is the motto. And if I could put that on a T-shirt, I would, because that's how I feel about the state of things. Ryan, this this edition for Tennessee, we've talked about this in several podcasts recently, several breaking news editions, several of Tennessee's uh, commitment recruiting podcasts and all these things. Tennessee, with Josh Heupel and that staff, they had a tough time in that first year. It's always tough when you're coming from out of state. You're trying to, you know, you're you're taking over the Tennessee program at a really rough kind of inflection point there, a sort of a flashpoint, just a really tough point there in, in its history with NCAA questions, all these other things around. So it was tough for them to kind of get some momentum going in-state in the first year. They actually did – I think cobbled together a pretty good recruiting class, uh, but it was a really good recruiting year in the state of Tennessee, and they didn't get a lot of those prospects. We just have to call that what it is. In this particular class, 2023, these guys have had a chance to put their feet in the ground uh, to be where they are, so to speak. They've been able to start building sort of a little bit of a wall around the state. They've been reaching out. They've been getting in touch with coaches, getting prospects, and it looks like they're just having a much, much, much better year in state. They are, and and – this this addition is huge for Tennessee, it, even though, again, Tennessee had the natural connection to Caleb Herring with, with his brother already being part of the program. It's hard to overstate the importance of this one because, you know, Tennessee's got some other in-state players in this class, but none of them are going to carry quite the weight and the perception nationally that Caleb Herring will. And, and obviously it's big to have an important in-state pickup like this. It, it gives – I think it gives credibility to, to even when you're recruiting out of state players, you know, sometimes if you, if you are missing out on the top players in the state players from other States might look at it and go, well, wait, why isn't this guy from Tennessee going to Tennessee? Uh, things like that. So to have a guy like Caleb Herring in your state and to, and to get him is a huge deal. Uh, not just the talent, but just everything that comes with it, the perception, the buzz, uh, everything about that. And there just aren't many opportunities to land, you know, right now, top 50 players uh, from your own state, you know, uh, over the past several years, again, hardly every year is there a, is there a top 50 player. Last year there was. Uh, there were a couple in state with uh, with obviously Ty Simpson and Walter Nolan going to Alabama and Texas A&M respectively. Um, several years back, Trey Smith, Cade Mays, T. Higgins, you know, there's some prominent misses in that group. Um, so when there have been top 50 type players in the state of Tennessee, the Vols haven't haven't exactly batted a thousand. Um, they, they've they've missed on some of those guys, and so to to be getting Caleb Herring again, regardless of the fact that his brother was already in the program, is just huge. Uh, and and, it, and it's instant credibility. And it shows, I, I think, how good of a job this staff has done in state uh, to to turn things around pretty quickly. Already got a handful of in-state players in this class now, and now you've got the the leader of the bunch. I think the one that a lot of people see as pretty clearly in a in a slightly down year for Tennessee, pretty clearly the number one player in the state. I'll be very surprised. You know, the number one player right now in, in this time of the year does not always stay the number one player. I'll be pretty surprised if Caleb Herring doesn't end up being the number one player in this class. He might not stay top 50. He might not be a five-star. You know, we don't know about all that, how it shakes out in the coming months. But I think this is very clearly the number one player in the state in Tennessee. 
is getting him and got him early. And that, that's a big deal for recruiting for a number of reasons. Now, what about, you know, excluding geography from this and just talking about the potency of the prospect, you know, itself? Tennessee, obviously, you add a guy like uh, Nico Iamaliava, uh, that, that's going to be a, a big, big deal. Uh, certainly maybe one of the best quarterback prospects that, that the country's had in several years, just that kind of a prospect. And, and then you, you've got Ethan Davis there, the top 100 tight end uh, from Sewanee, Georgia there, Collins Hill High School. And, and then you add another one here, Tennessee still in Herring. Uh, Tennessee still, there's a bunch more of those kind of top 50, top 100 players that Tennessee is very much in play for. And, Ryan, you've covered this a long time. You know that, um, you know, the brave ones can be the ones like, uh, you know, Ian Maliava and the ones like Davis who kind of get the ball rolling. Um, but but once that ball starts rolling and then you add even more guys like Herring, then all of a sudden you can start stacking together these guys and then you can start putting together a class that maybe historically looks like what you would expect from a Tennessee football class. Yeah, I, I just think this opens the door for for a lot more things in the coming months. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't want to raise expectations too too much. I think some fans will will probably do that do enough of that on their own anyway. But when you've got a five star quarterback in the class and you've got a, a highly ranked edge rusher in the class and you've got a highly ranked tight end and you're battling for big time wide receivers and and big time players at other positions. Uh, it just makes a lot more things possible. When you look at the final rankings every year, uh, you know, Tennessee did a good job last year. As you mentioned, they landed several four stars and, and really strengthened that class and made it a top 15 class by early signing day. Uh, slipped just outside the top 15, but still a very solid class considering where it was early in the year. But what they were missing were these types of players. They didn't have a single top 100 player nationally in that 2022 class. Now you've got three of them. Uh, and, and before the summer even starts, uh, that's impressive. And, and it opens up a lot of possibilities when it comes to team rankings, just projecting where this class might finish. Uh, it gives you a lot more to sell to other players. We say it all the time. Great players want to play with other great players. Uh, the, no one will carry more weight in that regard than Nico Iamaliava. But Caleb Herring, again, is another one to add to that. And and just strengthens the, the future look of this defense. That, that's another thing I would point out is that Tennessee added a couple of pretty good edge rushers in, in 2022. I, I really like Joshua Josephs uh, and James Pierce. They're really starting to build some depth at that position, potentially. If those guys live up to the hype in the 2022 class, you've got a pretty potent group of pass rushers developing. If, if Caleb Herring and all those guys start to live up to the hype within the next year or two, that, that is a nice group developing. And, and this, this program badly needs difference makers on defense that's you know you can talk about coaching and scheme and all that all you want that that's that's what Tennessee has needed uh on the defensive side of the ball uh, regardless of what style Tennessee's playing under Josh Heupel they just got to get better dudes on that side of the ball and so they they're starting to do that they're, they're starting at least in terms of edge rushers getting some real talent in there and that's a that's a big big step because that's one of the most important positions on either side of the ball you've got to get to the quarterback and you got to have a good quarterback. And now they've they've got both of those uh, important check marks uh, in place. I would say so. Uh, th- this is a big one for multiple reasons. But yeah, I think when you look at final team rankings this year, three if if Ethan Davis, Caleb Herring, and, and Nico Iamaliava stay where they are right now, th- this this has a potential. I mean, very good chance this is the top ten class for Tennessee if they finish it off the way I think they will. 
and and this maybe opens the door. Maybe it does give Tennessee a chance at, at a top five class. I think that's still asking a lot, but it, again, those possibilities are much more in play by already for the fact that Tennessee already has a few of those types of players in this class. Yeah, and that's what I was going to end on, Ryan, is by you know talking about this quickly that that you you can you can win games with with scheme. You you can win games with good guys. You absolutely will not compete for championships unless you got dudes. A lot of dudes. We've said this before, the, the general lingo, if you're a solid player, you know, you're a guy. You're a really good player, you're a dude. Tennessee needs dudes, and it really, really needs dudes on defense. I, I think it's no stretch to to say that I, I'm not saying Hypel is such a miracle worker offensively that no matter what he has there, he and his staff will put together an offense that puts a lot of points on the board. But I think they're going to keep getting some pretty good players there, and I think they will definitely be getting good enough players there to run the sort of potent offense that Heupel has had throughout his coaching career, whether he was a head coach, an offensive coordinator, quarterback's coach, whatever he's been, wherever he's gone, they've put a lot of points on the board, and I think his offensive mind is a big part of the reason. And Alex Golish, too. Those guys are just really good coaches, that whole staff is. But to win in this league – even in this era where there's so many points being scored, you absolutely have to have dudes on defense. You have to have difference makers on defense. Tennessee had to kind of hold on, you know, kind of just kind of grab the reins and hold on at times last year and just hope that maybe a, a penalty here or there, or maybe a mistake from the offense, you know, would, would, would you, know, you know, fumble, something like that, would sort of flip the field or, or cause a stop and would give them a chance to outscore people and win games. It's so hard to do that on a weekly basis. What you really need are dudes who can go out there and force turnovers, who can get stops, who can change games. Because if you couple that with what we think Tennessee can do offensively as long as Heupel's there, then you've got a formula where you're competing and you're really bothering people and you're really a factor in the SEC. But to do that, you need to keep getting guys like Caleb Herring, and Ryan, and you need to develop them because they just don't have enough difference makers there. Yeah, no question. And and I would and I would argue that's one of the most important positions to have dudes. You know, it's yes. great to have star wide receivers and and running backs even and all that. But I, I would say the four most important positions in football these days are the ones that most dictate uh, your success in the passing game and, the, and on both sides of the ball. And that's quarterback, offensive tackle, being able to protect your quarterback, pass rushers and usually edge rushers and then cornerback because you've got to be able to cover pretty well uh, to, to let that pass rush get there. A lot of times um, Tennessee's offense, I think is going to have success with all the other stuff. I think they've shown that even without five-star receivers, they, they can produce some big numbers, even without elite, elite, highly ranked running back prospects. They were, they had a pretty good run game uh, last year. Can it get better? Absolutely. Yeah. It needs but to, it, and it needs to, it does. So, so you need help across the board. You need to be good across the board, but if you had to pick four positions to be great at, quarterback, offensive tackle, edge rusher, and corner would be the places to start. And so to have, again, you hope, you got to wait and see how, how, how Nico <laughs> develops. He's not even on college on a college campus yet, still months away from that. If he lives up to the hype and, he get, and he's your quarterback of the future, or even if it's Taven Jackson or someone, assuming you take care of that position, that, that gives you one big check mark there. On the defensive side, if you can get to the quarterback with those types of guys, Josephs, Pierce, Herring, that, that gives you a chance anytime, and especially if you're in a shootout. Uh, what, what did we see last year when Tennessee won that game at Kentucky? 
the, the, the game looked like it was slipping away from them on that final drive. And what happened? They made some things happen. They got some pressure on the quarterback and they stepped up and won the game with just a couple plays. And that's what you got to be able to do in a high scoring era for football. You just got to have difference makers at those types of positions to make things happen when the game is on the line. And usually that involves stopping a pass play. So get to the quarterback, cover well downfield, and you've got a shot on defense. This is a big step toward that. Now they got to keep building the secondary. That's, that's a big step. This, this class has yet to, to really start on that. Uh, they, they've got to continue to do that and, and build the secondary out, but they're, they're certainly off to a very good start in the front seven by, by getting some elite pass rushers uh, in, in this class. Yeah, you look at two areas. You, you look at the positions where the NFL is paying its players the most, and then you look at the guys at the positions where when you've got an elite prospect at, at X position, is like every major program in the country banging down the door to get him. And when you look at those two things and you make that Venn diagram, you get those four positions that you just mentioned, Ryan. That's what you get. That That's where things are. That's where games are. One, you need program guys. You need a culture. You need all those things. At the end of the day, uh, if you want to separate yourself from, from the lump where most teams are and you want to get toward the top, you want to get to one of those best teams in the country, one of the best teams in the SEC, which would mean one of the best teams in the country, then you've got to be good at those four positions. If you're not great at all of them, you need to at least be good at all of them and a great at a couple of them, or you're just not going to win. You're just not going to win consistently at a high level without those things. No question. And one more thing on Caleb Herring. We talked about the in-state impact. Uh, you know, Relationships, always a big deal in recruiting. Uh, we've talked about some of the pipelines Tennessee's built you know, with some, some other uh, some programs, in-state and out-of-state. Uh, here, here's one to keep an eye on too. The seven on seven circuit matters. And, and, you know, obviously Elijah Herring played seven on seven with his brother, Caleb Herring, uh, last year, uh, and a couple other players from that same team, the Tennessee select seven on seven team based out of middle Tennessee, uh, Cameron Miller already at Tennessee. And then another important target, Tennessee recruiting in the 20 Tennessee is recruiting in the 2023 class, Christian Conyer, uh, a cornerback from Bowling Green, Kentucky, an out-of-state player, but in a lot of ways, an in-state guy uh, who's very important to Tennessee on the same seven-on-seven team. So when you start to develop relationships like that among guys who know each other in and out of state sometimes from the seven-on-seven circuit, that can matter. And in this case, with Christian Conyer still out there, and that's a Tennessee-Kentucky battle for the most part, this gives you yet another connection to Christian Conyer, a current seven-on-seven teammate uh, that, that can that can help Tennessee uh, having Caleb Herring already on board. So relationships – also working in Tennessee's favor in this one and certainly could continue to help moving forward as they continue to recruit players who are familiar with Caleb Herring from seven on seven. Yeah, that Conyer kid, if he can play corner at that size with that length, that's a really, really good prospect who could really, really jump up in the rankings and really be a good football player, I think, anyway. so I, I think so, too. And we talked about, hey, the importance of building the secondary. That's That's an important piece still out there that Tennessee would love to have in the 2023 class. That's a good place, I think, to end it on. Unless you got anything else, Ron, I think this has been – uh, we try to keep these w- to a certain time limit, but it's just hard when you've got a, uh, as big a news as this one. But, uh, you know, it's big news for Tennessee. We're going to talk about it more in future podcasts, certainly. But I-, I think to get the gist of it, I think we've gotten where we need to be. You got anything else? No, I think that's it. Thanks, Wes. I think we'll leave it right there. Thanks, Ryan. And there's the button. And now I can say, guys, thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. As always, we always say it, but we always mean it. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker, 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan, 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown, 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want uh, just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247, and you can get tons of stuff there throughout the day, all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, uh, baseball, tons of stuff going on there these days, obviously. Lady Vols coverage, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job all year covering all things Lady Vols for us all the time. we got two forums that run around the clock 24-7, as the name suggests. we got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can discuss Anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with Tennessee fans across the world, pretty much every freaking time zone that exists. We've got somebody there. We got people up at different hours of the day. We got all kinds, any time of day, anytime you go there, you're going to find a bunch of people on there talking Tennessee athletics, talking SEC stuff, talking pro sports, talking life, advice with kids, what to get spouses for their for anniversaries, uh, lawn maintenance. Oh, just you never know what people are going to be talking about on there. And it'll be anything that's not political or religious in nature. Anything else right there on the board for you to discuss. And you can get all that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven-day free trial. That is all that it costs. And after you pay or get that seven-day that seven free trial, after that, you get us that, that low rate. That's one mediocre lunch per month. But you don't just get GoVols 24-7 with that. You get access to Paramount Plus with that for free in perpetuity. You also get access to a growing behemoth of a streaming platform that has every show CBS has ever done commercial free. Tons of exclusive stuff uh, that you can only find like, you know, 1883, Picard, Evil, Star Trek, all kinds of stuff that you can only find on Paramount Plus. You got new movies. You got classic movies, old blockbuster franchises, you know, comedies, dramas, horror, everything, stuff for the kids. All of it, all of it, and stuff from the archives of, uh, of CBS, obviously, and MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, all of it, all of it, right there, something for the entire family, and live sports, SEC sports, NFL sports, uh, you got UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, Serie A, French soccer, uh, PGA Tour, you get everything on there, and we, you get all of that, and our site, all of it, for just about 100 bucks and change a year. One of the best deals you can possibly find. And if you don't do it, I don't know what's wrong with you. Go do that. Don't be a fool. Go do that. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from, hear from us in a few days. So until then, uh, try to be good to each other. Try to have basic human empathy for, for people out there in the world. There's not enough of that these days. There's too many a-holes. We don't need that. Be good. See you.